Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm way a man. I mean, no, he's not here. I'm Paul. Sorry. I'm Paul for tonight. Butch, whatever you want. <laughs> On this episode, we have been to the cinema to watch Boogeyman. Paul has a something to scream about for later on. And our movie from the vault, God Rest His Soul, was picked by Geordie R.I.P. Paul. Only roller, roller coaster. Roller coaster. He's still alive. He's all right. He's just had some uh, work commitments, unfortunately. This will be a one-off. Um, we have raised this with our HR department, which is us. And if it happens again, he will get struck off the podcast. He's on a verbal Agreed? Warning. Yeah, he's on all a verbal that agree, say aye. 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 Why aye? <laughs> Why aye? <laughs> anyway, how are you doing? He will be back next episode. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm just quaking in my boots at the moment. When this pod has gone out, um, I may be still alive or I might not be. So Matt has arranged a lovely little weekend away from his stag do. So I'll be... Um, I'm Werewolf Dan. Don't forget about Werewolf Yeah, I'm Werewolf Dan. Dan. And I'll be publishing the podcast on the day that I get back. Hopefully. So if it's late, you've only got those two douchebags to blame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, but other than that, I've been cool. I haven't... I've got. I've been watching a couple of bits. Yeah. I watched the new um, Shudder exclusive, um, The Influencer. Okay. Um, I, I, I quite rate that. It was uh, about a young girl sort of going to Thailand, um, you know, doing a social media thing, and then she gets picked up by an by a mimic, and it's just like it's quite quite clever, quite a clever a uh, movie as a whole. Had some sort of horror elements and horror bits and bobs and stuff. You know, she, uh, she gets stranded on an island and stuff like that. And but it has some interesting twists and turns, and it was just quite a a clever movie. And I quite like the uh, the main um, antagonist uh, as well. It was really good, really good. Okay, cool. I recommend it. Did you watch anything else? Uh, that's that's been it, mate. That's all I've watched. I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mate, don't apologise to me. I'm the worst normally. I only watched one thing, to be honest. I went to Amazon Prime because um, Bones and All has dropped on it. Um, I'm not going to touch on it too much because I want you to go and watch it because you haven't had a chance yet. So once you've watched it, we'll have a chat. But I fucking love this film. And I'm gutted that I missed it at cinema. I knew I would be, but at the time it came out, there was so much other stuff. Yeah, I know. It was just crazy. I just didn't get a chance. But I'm glad it's come out um, on Amazon Prime. So Everyone out there, just go and watch it because I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I think Jordy Paul's watched it as well. It was on his recommendation, really, that I went and saw it. So I'm sure we'll have a chat about it on the next pod. Um, other than that, I have not watched much else, unfortunately. I've been quite busy. Fair play. I like that, though. I will be watching Bones and For All before the next podcast. We're going to have a little chat about it. Bones and All. Nice one. Well, let's uh, rake it on to the news then. Let's do it. Um, first bit I got. Terrifier 3 officially uh, being announced. It will be getting definitely getting done. And direct Damien Liu, Leon is uh, obviously back on. He will be snagging a much bigger budget than the 250,000 crowdfunded thing that they had last time. Because um, it's, it's raked in well over 15 million on the back of that 250 grand. Uh, it's just phenomenal. really is. Um, maybe, you know, if... If we say five million as a guess for the budget, 
what he, what could he possibly do with that money? Not like a five a five hour sick twist. I don't know. Maybe I just get a, maybe just pay for a big actor to get killed off. I don't know. I could put some <laughs> mad soundtrack in there though. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking that's 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 nuts money. So, yeah, looking forward to that bad boy. Um, cocaine, cocaine bear has absolutely smashed it this year and, and fallen into everyone's uh, basically DMs, and everyone has decided to do a little fucking movie. So I just wanted to run for a couple that are sort of they're they're due out or maybe even out at the moment we've got cocaine cougar a black cougar is high on cocaine um escapes animal testing facility and wrecks havoc in los angeles we've got cocaine crabs from outer space um it's like literally a no budget creature feature basically um that'll be out this summer <laughs> they just get high on cocaine and kill people so that's a good one to look forward uh cocaine shark Obviously, that was going to be one. Uh, a mafia drug lord has unleashed a new, highly addictive stimulant on the streets derived from sharks. So there we go. And oh, there's also there's also there's also another one, um, which isn't cocaine, but it's something about a raccoon as well. I've seen that one. Yeah, I've seen a picture of it. I, I can't remember what he's high on. I think it's uh, <laughs> heroin. So heroin. I think he's not on cocaine. So no, I didn't include that one. Yeah, fucking absolutely amazing. Um, we're reviewing Boogeyman shortly, directed yeah. by Rob Savage of Host. Yeah. And it looks sounds like he's got had a really good relationship with uh, Stephen King. I mean, it sounds like they've been having some conversations about other projects and stuff like that. that they'd, they'd like to work together again. And okay. On a, on a, I can't remember. There was on a podcast. I read it through Fangoria. There has been mentioned, I mention it a lot, Langoliers. Great TV movie. Not... Wow, is it? <laughs> so there's more, there's more to tell there. And, and obviously Rob has seen this. There's he's definitely awesome. room to make it a lot there's better. Definite. And he's seen it. He's seen that. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So the, it's, it's tied up at the moment. But if, if Mr. King is, is back in it, I would love to see Rob Savage attack langoliers after watching the boogeyman this week wow if 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 boogeyman hits its um numbers i think he'll be a very 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 busy rob savage yeah bloody deserves it um other than that that's all i think that's all i got really you got anything yeah i've got one thing that this is interesting it's quite funny actually unfortunately it's not over here in the uk but Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the 35th anniversary live music celebration. Have you seen this? I saw I did have a read. Mental, Horicon LA, Cinemax Steampunk and Nostalgia Nebula are joining forces to present the darkest carnival, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, 35th anniversary live music celebration. Uh, this special one show only event features Killer Clowns composer John Massari and punk rock pioneers Dickies. I know, How man. cool is that? A DJ synth set. Awesome. Oh, Where is it again? LA. Yeah. Yeah. Look at all the good shit. Yeah. Crazy shit. Have fun over there, guys, and be what. <laughs> that is uh, well worth a watch. Damn it. Yeah, never so, mind. 
Mr. Paul Stevens had a few bits of news he wanted us to mention. We've already talked about Terrify Free, so he's put <laughs> I love that. The Terrify Free confirmed. We'll continue to push push boundaries. Much bigger budget. Brackets, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> he's mentioned about Hocus Pocus Free confirmed for Disney Plus. I watched two. It was all right. Um. Apparently, John Carpenter has remotely directed a horror TV series called Suburban Screams. Mm. So that would be uh, good to keep an eye out. You mentioned about cocaine crabs from outer space. One for Butchie's putting in brackets. Unbelievable. Um, And we've talked about the Langoliers. The Langoliers, sorry, Langoliers. Um, One other thing I did want to mention, there's been some set photos of um, Beetlejuice leaked oh really of Winona Ryder dressed up as her old character which which somebody somehow got a really quick um picture of her in all the makeup and everything so while excited for that that's going to be quality General Tager yeah playing a door general perfect casting though really taking over the world isn't she <laughs> right Why not? should we um get on to our main review when there are scary things we don't understand, our minds try to fill in the blanks. Sometimes the best thing to do is to face it. So this light is going to be completely silent like it is right now. And then gradually, it's going to start flashing until it's totally dark. So you can see that there's nothing to be afraid of. Okay? See, that's not so scary, is it? Just you, your sister, and me. You're doing okay. It's not real. It's okay. It's okay. Right, this episode's main review is The Boogeyman, coming from director Rob Savage from uh, The Host that was smashed it back in, what, what, 2021 now, was it? Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking A. So let's let's listen to it. It's a short story from Stephen King's The Night Shift. Um, Still reading from the tragic death of their mother, 
a teenage girl and a young sister find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. I mean, let's get it straight. This is a this is a fucking creature feature. And as always, Stephen King hates kids. So, <laughs> wow. He does, doesn't he? He really fucking does. I mean, what did you think about that? this bad boy? Well, I to be honest, I, I heard a couple of... I heard one review saying that um, it was a bit paint-by-numbers kind of horror. That I went in with a bit of lower expectations, but I had faith in Rob Savage because obviously he's got horror chops. And I went in and I thoroughly fucking enjoyed it, mate. And it isn't paint-by-numbers at all, which we'll get on to later. Um... But if you're a horror fan, I think you're going to love a lot of things in this movie. A lot of things. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It, 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 it creeped me out. Um, definitely I felt uneasy watching it. Bit, bit paranormal activity. It's very paranormal. Yeah, this one this one grabbed me by the ghoulies, man. This one got me in, in a few bits. I don't know why. It's the dark, the music. It just I, had... I shit myself a few times, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, it had the right level for me. I mean, it stars um, the amazing Sophie Thatcher, who's from Yellow Jackets. Um, Vivian Lyra Blair, who was uh, young Leia in Obi-Wan. She's fantastic. And Chris Messina, who's been in quite a few uh, bits and bobs, including um, Argo and Devil, he's got under his belt as well. So I don't know. And oh, of course, David. I want to hear this. Hang on. Drum roll. Go on. <laughs> David Dasmashan. <laughs> I don't think that that's that bad, right? <laughs> David Dasmalchin. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, who we know is the polka dot man. That's all I can say. He's been <laughs> fucking loads. He's a polka dot man. Ant Man, obviously, he's fucking hilarious, but he's dark and broody, and he's fucking tall, man. And he loves horror. He is a big but, horror person, and he's got a horror movie coming out soon, so I can't wait for that. Yeah, I've heard him on the Boo Crew podcast, man. He's just—he's a really interesting guy. It's quality, isn't he? He's a really good guy. Yeah, but this movie, well, Boogeyman. I mean, this is boy, you kind of the the review that it's had, paint by numbers, sure, but but even the name Boogeyman. There's been other films, yeah. right? Called Boogeyman. There's one called just Boogeyman. Boogie not Man, the yeah. boogeyman but and i think this has had an adaptation adaption because it's 1973 the night shift but i think it's ad, had that adaptation well, um I'm, at some stage you, in its life you've read night shift right no and, I, and that is oh. what i want to say i need this in my life i need to get night shift that's, i didn't buy this for you no. I, I bought this for you I'm, i've got a copy you can borrow it off me if you want i Lovely. will bring it to you and you can read it because i like I'll be honest, right? I'm not a huge read, reader. I mean, when I get time on holiday and I'll read, I'll read a whole book and I love it. But I remember when I was a kid, I walked into Waterstones. I must have been about probably about 12, like 13. And I walked into Waterstones and the cover literally jumped out at me. And I'll show you why. I'll bring the, the, the cover to you. And the thing that drew me into it is that because it's short stories, it's so much easier for me to read because you just like hammer through it. And some of the fucking like stories in this book are just insane. And this was way before, obviously he wrote this way before he became hugely famous as well. So this was like a bit of a taster of what he was capable of. 
Yeah, because a lot of this was in the and uh, is it Cavaliers magazine or is it called or something yeah, like yeah. that? Something like um, that. Yeah. So in, uh, he wrote for a lot of porno mags as well. Yeah. Like, there were stories in porno mags apparently. In, yeah, including this one. And you know, this the, the stuff that's been pulled out of this book, Maximum Overdrive is like an adaptation. Uh, Cat size is come Cat from size, this yeah. as well. Uh, Children of the Corn. Yeah, it's like come from this. So yeah, such an, an easy book to read and it's just crazy. It's crazy good. So the man, the mangler. Toby Hooper's yep. The Mangler. Fuck. I know, man. This this was and this one, I was interested. I like the trailer. And again, if I call it paint by numbers, it's unfair, but it is kind of it ticks that sort of box, if you like. I think it's, it's got, got it's, those it's, horror tropes. That's the thing. It's got the horror tropes. It's got the thing is 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 tipping its cap to all those things, but putting his own spin on it. Like obviously yeah. he he knows what he's doing. He's you know we've seen host, we've seen dash cam, we know he's fucking you know a horror kind of fan. So it's kind of like the things he puts in this movie, Rob Savage. Um, he's obviously had a help from you know big budget studios and stuff because he's had a big budget and he's been given help. But it's fucking he didn't shit the bed. He didn't shit the bed. No, jump not at all. He didn't shit the bed by making that leap from like those indies to this fucking like Hollywood picture, basically a Hollywood horror. It's in that ilk, and it's a creature feature. And I fucking I loved it. I love the creature. Um, I love the way that it started. Um, as soon as he's killed a baby in like the first fucking five minutes of the movie. <laughs> That's a bit brutal, wasn't it? Yeah, and I was like, all right. I hate crying babies <laughs> in horror movies, man. It does my head in. I love the journey it just took us on. I like the trauma of the the two daughters. I didn't like the trauma, but obviously they lost their mum, and that's you know it's a co- it's it's all common aspects of of horror movies that we've seen before, but it was just done well. It was just yeah, done yeah. well, and and the 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 actors that were picked did a fucking stand up job. They brought me into it. They they sold the story, um, and it's just the dark and the music that and and the the way that it sort of just like unfolded. I don't know. I felt. I felt like it was enough. I thought I felt bits of malignant in there, you know, that sort of thing, like the good, the good bits. A little of bit, yeah. Um, and like when you did, you know, cause you don't, again, it's one of, it's like the Babadook. You don't see, it's what you don't see that fucking creeps you out. I didn't want to see it. And that's the thing. And I, you, you only had glimpses and it still had enough to tease me. And I like that. It was teasing me and enough. If I'd seen it earlier on, then maybe it would have um, took me out of it. And I would have gone, Oh, back in the room. <laughs> yeah, can, true. Yeah, because you I don't really it see it. Like, it's, it's really clever. We're, we're probably going to spoil bits here, but there's bits in it where you you see it in different kind of forms as well. So it's kind of takes form of things, and you like you see little snippets of it. And initially, what this creature does is that it obviously feeds off of um, grief and depression and sadness. So it needs that to feed off of. And this is where we find this family, like you touched on, said like they've lost their mother in a car crash, and um, literally they're they're dealing with this grief, and they're visited by uh, Lester Lester Billings Billings, yeah, yeah, because he is, their dad's a psychiatrist, isn't he, in the house? Yeah, so, so he's obviously a, a troubled gentleman that has obviously had these problems that, that well, problems is his whole kids all his kids have been killed and he he's blaming this creature but is is they're saying that it's him 
So he's come to the psychiatrist because he thinks this guy, the psychiatrist is going to believe him. Um, and that, he was fucking, his performance was insane. He's not in it a lot. He's no. not in, the, in this movie a lot. But what the, the bits that he's in there is, creates a very creepy persona. And you really sort of understand the sort of, you start to unfold a little bit of the mythos. Just get a little glimpse. And the, the, the sort of gl- glimpses to the, the closet because, you know, this is a boogeyman. This is the thing that comes from the closet. And I like the fact, and I said this to you tonight, and I was like, it felt very linked, like very linked to it. There's like, throughout some of his books, there are links to sort of the old beings that have been around for a long, long time. Like mm-hmm. it's like the turtle that we've mentioned in the past. And there's lots of others in Dark Tower, which I don't know about. And this one seems to be you know feeds on the grief and the sadness like you said whereas like pennywise feeds on the fear mm. and all stuff so it's kind of different elements and when you saw the creature and what it was it was haunting and it was done i don't know if they use practical and how how much they practical I think there's a little bit of practical with the close-ups i think yeah and it was just like i've i've was quite interested how they sort of unfolded the creature and that was what how i kind of wish they may have done like like it i know that big cgi mess that they had like you know with the poor little baby yeah (laughs) it too you know maybe they could have kind of learned from this a little bit maybe there's yeah it's definitely scaled back isn't it definitely it's very very cleverly done um but I like I like the way that as well. It doesn't need you don't need to know where it's from or where it's been or no. why it's there. It's just it's fucking there. But it's it is a being because it can be hurt, um, as we find out in the movie. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd, but, I'd with, thought... but maybe it doesn't go anywhere. I mean, that's the thing as well. It's like like the fake out in the first one with uh, Pennywise and stuff like that. Maybe it's down, but not you know not out. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> One thing I did not like, and I pissed me off, but it's just my gripe. So they've just lost their mum in a car crash, and right at the start of the movie, they're in the car, and the dad's fucking around with the kid on the back seat. And I'm like, drive the fucking car. And then literally ten minutes later, you find out their mum died in a car crash. <laughs> and that, that, like, I, I liked the. There was obviously something with the dad being so distant with them and not really dealing with the elephant in the room, even though he's a psychiatrist, which I thought was a bit strange. Obviously, it's his profession, but he's actually not dealing with the problem head on. Yeah, and I thought I thought the re- it's really clever how the three main characters were kind of distant, but then close. Do you know what I mean? So even even when even the girls' rooms are quite far apart, and then the house is really like wide and like there's distance between everyone. Yeah. So they couldn't hear like that was what I was struggling to understand. It's like, hang on, there's been an instant. Yeah. No one. And when no one's reacting to it, like the daughter goes through a bit of hell. Like the Not to mention <laughs> the, daughter, the, the daughter's just lost her mother in a car crash. Horrific. She comes home from school and they're literally just talking in front of her about how someone's just hanged himself in a closet yeah like, there's some things kids should be put in another room for <laughs> and no wonder she's fucked fucking fucked up and seeing crazy things even if they weren't real oh my god oh, just like i was like 
God, no. They're talking couple, about it in front of her. A couple of frustrations, definitely. Um, but yeah, <laughs> some of the scenes and stuff like that. Like the, the, the initial out of the closet under the bed scene. Classic. But very... Very, very well. It was a classic, and you know you had, the, and I like the element with the with the the moonlight. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Like, I want one of those lights. They're quality. <laughs> yeah, just chuck them at the thing, so he rolls around. It's like part of the mythos with his character is that it doesn't like light. It wants to be in the dark. It doesn't want to be seen. So it is that scuttling sort of ness behind mm-hmm. it, but it's just done very well and subtle again, like paranormal that's, activity. That's what I mean. That that could time. have easily been kind of lost and gone oh yeah another creature that's scared of light but it's like you say it's done well it's yeah. just done so well because there's bits where this creature can fucking literally grab him with arm's length but because of the way the lighting is it it can't it can't quite quite get them and it's the, the the feeling that it gives you when it happens is like it's like it's gonna get and the noises that's one thing we haven't talked about the noises from the creature that it can mimic yeah that's fucking weird because it like it can mimic people's voices and it was talking to the girl but she her sister she was talking to her sister but her sister wasn't even in the fucking room that was fucking creepy that was yeah very very cool um and like even when it's like moments when you kind of like the the one of the outstanding scenes for me was with the tv when she's playing the computer game um different. very different you know using the flashes to sort of keep it in the light Mm, I was trying to figure out what game that was. No, I didn't. I couldn't work it out. But, you know, and then they don't hold back. She gets <laughs> launched. Mate, if Obi-Wan saw that, man, he would be pissed <laughs> right now. She fucking Don't gets you lo- throw Lair at TV? Oh, my word. It's it's a, it's a starting scene. Um, very clever. And like even that, we get that. And then we get quick succession. We get, like, the bait as well. We get, like, so this um, Lester Billings character who's been dealing with, you know, the beast for a while by the looks of things, for about a year. Um, it also has a wife that, they, that we discover in, like, fucking the abandoned house and just waiting for it, basically, with a fucking shotgun. <laughs> yeah, a million um, How she got her telephone number, I'll never know. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, that, was a, that was a bit of a plot hole for me, but anyway, I'll allow it. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Um... But yeah, using her as bait was good, and I didn't think it was going to work. I thought she was just great, you know, like there on her own. But mm-hmm. it did, and how fucking fascinating scene that was. Really was just like sort of the way the movement and and just the subtlety of the shotgun, the bangs, the trap. So the la- so loud. Like, yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't like other horror films where you get jump scares. This was like the sound was brutal, like really sharp, loud. The sound production was brilliant. It really, really was. Um, yeah, I, it's just, it fucking shit me up so many times. I shit myself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What about the basement? What about the finale? What do you think of that? Do you know what? I I I was really rooting for him. And I know when a film's done a good job, because sometimes I'm like, I don't really care about the characters. I don't give a fuck. They're, they're going to die. They're stupid. They shouldn't have gone down there. Shouldn't have. Like the amounts of dark spaces they go and venture. I'm like, you know just get some light down anyway but it's um i really rooted for him and i really liked the ending i thought because when they're like when because obviously um they they find out obviously they're scared of light and then they the lighter is a big part of it that she has a zippo lighter and that part where she's just taking it out 
It's just I'm like, yeah, I found Amy. I was like, yes, get it. I was like, I mean, she did, it. I did. I did turn to you though. She walked down the basement with a fucking hockey stick. I was just like, well, it's just survived a fucking shotgun. So I think the hockey stick is. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did look to me. You're like, what the fuck? One thing I want to ask you: Did you see any little like Easter eggs? Because I looked no. at you at one point and and I was like, is he gonna look at me? And I kept looking at you, and you weren't looking at me. All right. So like, now I was fixated, but I, I probably had my, my my eyes covered at the time. Um, so, <laughs> do you want, want the biggest one? Yeah, go on. Now, to me, this boogeyman universe could be connected to the host universe. The lady on the YouTube video was the fucking same seance lady from host. Fuck. Yeah. Clever. I was like, shit, that's her, man. I was like, you know, that meme of like Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Look, look. (laughs) (laughs) It's there. I was like, fuck. It's like a shared universe. It's the Rob Savage verse. <laughs> Is there anything else? Because they lo- they did like putting the uh, apparently the there's loads of Stephen King references, like numbers of the houses and stuff like that as reference. But there's loads of references. I haven't even looked it up or anything. Fair enough. But yeah, that's the one thing. The lady from Host, I was like, fuck, that's her. Because the only reason I think I re- I just recognised her and I, I knew as soon as she started speaking, I was like, that's her, hundred percent. Good work, man. It's crazy. It could be connected. I think he's done a wonderful job with this. It, it creeped me out. It, it got me. It probably won't do it for everyone because, you know, there's some people who are just like, the horror doesn't do anything for me. Blah, 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 blah. But I liked it. Um, and I'd like to see. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing even more from Rob Savage. I, I love Dashcam last year. I thought it was fucking brilliant. I know Geordie Paul's thoughts on it. Oh, I thought it was good. But, um, I think it did a trick for a trick on him. Enough to make him feel something. That's all that matters, right? Fuck you, Paul. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, for me, this is great. And I, if he's getting in the Stephen King of it all, you know, we got a new Flanagan on our hands, haven't we? Really? Well, he, as far as I know, he has got multiple projects ready to go with Sam Raimi. Multiple. Um, you know, his he's done a short. Do you remember that short we watched on YouTube called Salt? Yeah. He's got that um, on the cards to be made into a feature film, which apparently is one of the best scripts he's ever read. And um, and if this does well at the box office, which it's done 20 million already opening, if it does well, he's got something as a follow up, apparently, which is a really good idea. This is really interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's come from like COVID's done really well for him. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I I'll tell you. I, I listened to the Boo Crew podcast with him on, and he's um very very full on with I'm staying in LA. Uh, America's now to do it. This is how I want to make my horror films. I want to pack a punch. Hollywood big budget. Um, you know, he he was he was a bit kind of i won't say negative or maybe negative with the british kind of industry of horror um which he had a valid point you know it's, you know we can be studios over here can probably be a little bit snobbish where america a lot more yep throw money at it and make shitloads of money i mean he's got a point i, I mean 
I'm going to have to. We, I mean, maybe the Irish and stuff that I've got it right, but yeah, I am struggling. The Irish have got some good ones, yeah. Yeah, where like um, a good British horror in a while. Well, he had a point. He was like, well, one was the last massive big. And that budget. was it. It was well, not yeah, big budget. Twenty-eight. But... What was the biggest twenty? You know, as big as twenty-eight days uh, later, or you know, um, something like that. Like, where's that dog soldiers descent era? It's like kind of like descent. Dis- he meant he referred to it as descent actually. Yeah, it disappeared a little bit. So we're kind of like we need somebody. Yeah. I mean, well, but it, I mean, Maud, that was good, but I don't think it yeah. smashed the bo- box office. But it was brilliant. Men. Men, that was brilliant, but again, these are—I think they're—they're they're small indie films. They're not big budget, are they? They're indie-made films still. A, the A24 is still really—you know—they're bringing out in America. They're, they're making some waves, but we're not talking huge, are we? We need some big bangers to come out. We need—you know—that we are the founding country of the horror movies, man. Yeah, you know, man. we should be churning them out like, big time. But uh, okay. We will see. We will see. All right. Well, he's you know he's still he's still London boy, so right. He's still waving the flag for us. So, mate, I'll watch anything he makes. I'm 100%. loving it. What would you um put if you put a number on this? What would you uh, what would you rate it? <sighs> See, I really really enjoyed it. The more I think about it, the more I've had this conversation, I think I'd give it a nine. Nearly, I think it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. To be honest. I'm not. I'm. I'm with you, mate. I'm. I think I'm nine out of ten. I. I. It. It moved me, and it just. Um. Again, I think he's delivering. He's. He's got a formula that's fucking works yeah. for me. Definitely. Not one moment did I look away from the screen thinking or look at my watch or, you know, I was completely immersed and engaged with the characters, the story, the music, the visuals, everything. So it did a job me it, it ticked all the boxes yeah and it wasn't dash cam it wasn't host it wasn't handheld it wasn't social media it was a a, a big budget horror and mm. to get to go from from that sort of like diy you know direction to this it's just you know he didn't get lost it's i thought it's fantastic good job good job well done nine out of ten for draw and last breath the the boogeyman go see it it's at cinemas now it'll be out for a couple of weeks so go yeah ahead. i think it will eventually go to disney plus because it's a disney property so right okay cool he's a disney boy already fucking hell he's doing it right, he? <laughs> give me that disney money <laughs> jesus christ all right cool on to uh on to the flow of the podcast <laughs> something to scream about let's do it <laughs> i don't know um all right this episode's something to scream about. I got a li- I had a little idea for Geordie Paul and uh, and Matt, but obviously we were missing one. So we're going to see if this works just with me. I mean, I've never done, I've not done any oh, research, so we're going to have a little bit of fun. We'll see how it works. I don't know if we need a couple of tries or we're just going to see how well we do. But it was going to be a little little knowledge test almost. Oh, so I thought I'd do an A to Z, simple A to Z, right? Um, see how far we can go by naming horror movies. Um, back and forth. I start with A, you go B, etc. Can't be the. All right, it's got to be like you were fucking strict last week. <laughs> so it's got to be. God. Okay. Yeah. Not. I won't give you that long to think. So, I mean, I've got an advantage right now. I've got so many in my in in my eyesight right now. <laughs> um. 
So yeah, I'll start and then we'll go from there. Okay, let's do it. Anaconda. Mm, is it horror? <laughs> Creature feature. All right, um, alligator. Barbarian. Child's play. Dogma. Not dogma, dog soldiers. Dogma. <laughs> I don't know why I was looking dogma. Maybe I was looking behind your head. End of days? <laughs> okay. All right, then, um, entity. Oh, and seen that yet? Still need to watch that. <laughs> well, F. Freddy versus Jason. Pick <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many of us. Ghoulies. Oh, you're looking behind me now. House. I. Oh. I'm going to have to hurry you, mate. Invisible man. <laughs> okay. J. J horror. J. J. Oh, J. Ooh, J. Jaws. Jaws, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, how could I forget? Hey, K, killer clowns from outer space. Good one. Al. Langoliers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we said M earlier, so I'll go for uh, malignant. Okay. N. Um... Oh God, the Ness. Oh no, 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 count of the the. Um, I got one. <laughs> um, Knight of the Demon. Oh, very good. What you're gonna go for Nightmare Beach? Um, uh, that? Oh, oh, oh dear! Oculus. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. P. Piranha. Nice. A Q. Oh. Q. 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 Oh yeah, Q. There's a <laughs> the wind thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you could have gone for Quatermass in the pit. Oh fucking hell. <laughs> uh, oh no. What am I? What am I on? What are we on? Q. U. Q R. R R. Uh, Ratman. <laughs> Fucking amazing. <laughs> um. Oh well. S. Um. Serpent in the Rainbow. Okay. Deep cuts. T. Hmm. Um. Uh, I'm gonna go Tremors. All right. Nice. Um. U. Unwelcome. Oh, yeah, that was a good movie, that. Yeah, good choice. V. V. <laughs> the movie. That's a fucking TV series. You can't have <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I'll go with. I respect it, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. V. Um... Oh, mate, you've stumped me now. I mean, I'll let you have, I'll let you have a the if you want. The Virgin. <laughs> I have no idea. I am stuck. I, 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 I can give you one. M Night Shyamalan. Oh, Village. Or the visit. Or <laughs> the visit. Visit is more horror. Yeah. Not um, two V's. He's got two you could have had, V's in it. You could have had. You could have had Video Drone. Video Drone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, w. Um, w is probably loads. Which. But that's the witch, isn't it? 
Um, Wicker Man. I love Wicker Man. X. Oh my X. X. <laughs> X. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, as I said, you had another one, Xtro. <laughs> oh. But yeah, X. X will yeah. do nicely. X. Yeah. Why? Um, why? Oh, oh, something like with you. Um, you only live once. No, that's not. I got one. I got one. If you if you're struggling. You're next. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. That was exactly what I was thinking of. You're next, and uh, the next one's Ed. Zed. So many. Is there? <laughs> really? I mean, I have about fucking sixty ones beginning with Zed. Oh, of course, yeah. Zombies. Zombie flesh-eaters. Zombie flesh-eaters or zombie flesh-eaters too. Zombie strippers. Zombie strippers. Zombie honeymoon. That was quite a lot easier than I thought. Yeah. But we could definitely theme it on on another episode and stuff to make it hard. (laughs) Definitely, mate. Just just do it to A to Z but I have to, every every single film has to start with the... Oh my God. (laughs) Um, you, have yeah. pick, you have to pick an era and you have to stay. You can only do 90s. Yeah, I love that. I love, there you go. A little bit, good little bit of fun. It would have been interesting to see Geordie Paul struggle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Just a bit of fun there. So we had something for some screen about a bit of fun. Um, good, good, good. Right, let's move on to our move from the vault. People once believed. That when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, the crow can bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. Gasoline, I smell. <laughs> Victims, aren't we all? Okay, so this episode's movie from the vault was picked by our old friend, Geordie Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he'll be back on the next episode. So we are doing 1994, starring Brandon Lee, The Crow. A man is brutally murdered, comes back to life as an undead avenger of his and his fiance's murder. The worst synopsis ever. Yeah, you, didn't, <laughs> you really did not do it justice there, did you? Um, <laughs> question first. When did you first see oh. this movie? Oh, go on, go on. Uh, is it? Okay, we, we don't know. We'll get in a minute. 1994 it came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I had this on VHS. So, 
so we're talking couldn't it be 1994 1994 i was what 13 14 i definitely possibly it's possible that i i saw this around it fits my the era that i would have bought that i would have watched this not at the cinema because it's 18 so i wasn't a cinema to watch this but yeah on home video probably came out on home video about 1996 i would say things took a lot longer then that feels about right and um, yeah it definitely was around 96 because if you were yeah i was about 16 i think definitely yeah about 15 so Mm -hmm. all right rub it in (laughs) younger um but is this a horror movie that's my first question could you oh yeah how can we twist this into a horror dead dude he is undead comes out of a grave he there's lots of blood and gore yeah one of the horrible scene that we'll talk about later um gothic very gothic gothic. very gothic the soundtrack's metal as fuck yeah and the crow Uh, itself the kind of like old knocking at your door you know there's there's definitely like the dark edge i mean i never looked at this as a vigilante superhero movie like the likes of ghost rider the punisher and stuff like that but essentially that's what he is right he is an undead revenge killer mate and it used to be a comic yes and you can and i, I think this is the first time i've watched it where i could see the comicness of it in a positive yeah, way yeah 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 way. i understand that because i i probably didn't really appreciate it in that way until i rewatched it recently no you're right i agree with that loved it loved it on this watch loved it every other fucking watch that i've seen it over the course of my life it's one of my i'd say this is like you know movies that define your life and define what you you were brought up on this is like top 10 easy in terms of the movies that were like that led me to watch and enjoy movies this is one of them a hundred percent massively I and mean, i would like i would be very surprised yeah i i knew it'd be yours but i would be very surprised if like not all of our mates you know this would be right up there yeah i don't know whether it definitely was a it was a a time and a place i'd like someone to who hasn't watched it to watch it now and see what their take is in, on it because you know it it was a time where you know this wasn't a massive big budget um film for a start it's like 23 million us dollars um you know it was you know it's not like the most complex storyline like so right let's let's delve into the storyline so basically you've got eric draven and uh shelly webster his yeah his fiance so they're they're all in love and this is the crazy thing is that it goes straight in balls deep literally straight away it's like doesn't set up any character characterization between them and this is what is i think was quite visceral for me when i was young watching it it goes straight in and it's like you've got these two people that are obviously madly in love getting married and fucking knock at the door horrific scene where he gets beat up stabbed and fucking thrown out of a window and his fiance fiance's got to watch it all while she gets brutally raped by 
what four or five men five men five four four men four men tintin fucked up yeah let's go through their names the culprits tin 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 yeah um which funny enough i wrote down as tin can in my notes which is very <laughs> fun boy um fun boy uh skank skank yeah. and t-bird and t-bird yes t-bird That's correct yeah, yeah. and uh, and that was like quite a shock was re- re- really i mean it's quite full-on isn't it it's the same sort of you can feel the seven of it all you, you know when we watch seven it's like very again it's that sort of production house because it's like it felt very it could be easily like the you know uh the city for seven could be down the fucking road it was grimy dirty yep. post sort of not apocalyptic but just like that Sin real city, mate. Sin Sin city. city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 definitely that, it's weird because like you can tell like what bits are real but there are there is a bit of cgi in the movie that you know hasn't dated great but the, the, yeah know, the crow yeah. About. but it, yeah you're right it's like it's like i never realized the comic bookness of of the especially the opening scenes and stuff but where it's set you're right it's, it is almost like sin city gothamy really gothic really fucking yeah angsty just miserable in it it's always fucking raining <laughs> and it it rains all the time yeah it rains all the time but it's just like the the people and it's like the the roads and it's just like you you don't you you could say that it was probably like what new york in the 80s and stuff like that um that was what it was based on or detroit or something like that there were that sort of like those american cities that sort of have maybe the feel and the emotion which kind of pushed this notion of these movies and stuff like that um the sort of next the ne- what it could be the next level um but yeah it is that sort of like there's a fucking villain and there's a prop and it's a proper villain but it goes in hand in hand with that sort of like actually these villains are kind of caricatures but also they could kind of cross over into that realness as well it's also it's like using that like okay you know it's um you know the time it was shot was like nine probably 93 or something but you're on that cusp of coming out of those action 80s action movies and it's still got action in it but then it's like still got that kind of yep we need a real bad guy head honcho kind of film but then we need a really good guy but then they put this edge of grunge to him as well because he's from a like fucking grunge band that, that he's got a guitar and stuff but it was cool back then it was that this was it this was you know dirty dingy grunge fucking guitars and um makeup long hair leather trousers all yeah. that sort of shit smashing pumpkins nirvana you know Soundgarden, those sorts of bands and stuff like that that's what this era was all about and it fit it fit completely within that sort of like that era it was how it was, and how many people used to go we used to go to a, a fucking grunge club called level three how <laughs> many people at halloween what turned up as eric draven well, is how many people, on your hands. How many people just wore long leather jackets and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that? Like Dan Witt. Anyway, yeah. Dan, this, is one, this is Dan, one of Dan's. You know, our mate Dan. You know Dan. Werewolf Dan. No, not Werewolf Dan. The other Dan that we know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Long leather jacket. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, he, this is one of his favourite movies. This is why he wore a long leather jacket for most of it. It was <laughs> just like, there were a lot of people who did because it just sort of appealed. It was just Definitely. interesting. And that leather jacket came from one of the rapists, <laughs> ultimately, as well. <laughs> was it Fun Boy? <laughs> no, it was Tintin. 
Oh my god. The knives, the knives, the knife scene and stuff like that really right. like, yeah. Right. Oh. We've got to get on to the one and only Ghostbuster himself. Eddie Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson, man. Legend in this. I almost forgot he was in it. And then bang, it was I was like, oh fuck. Yes, it had to be. As the really nice, cool, friendly cop. Yeah. It just fucking is chain smoking every five seconds in this film. He's got a fucking cigarette. It made me want to go out and fucking smoke a cigarette. They, they it's I don't even smoke. It's a lot like Brad Pitt in Seven. Yeah, <laughs> it's the cigarette. Yeah, what was it? it? Was like early nineties, wasn't it? Like <laughs> it must have been like you've got to smoke at least seventy cigarettes because we've been paid by Marlboro. Do you know what I mean? Fucking hell, mate! It's crazy. I know, right? But I no, liked him as a character. He was he was cool. You talk good. about the the ultimate fucking bad guy. Um, and I I I don't know if he did he did a lot of bad guys, but um, obviously with Robin Hood, but Michael Wincott. I mean, yeah. he is the fucking top just, dollar. Uh, obviously, Three Musketeers as well. He yeah. is. You get your um your money with him. <laughs> he's got he's it chewing up that scenery when he's beautiful i mean when he when he pops up in nope as well though man i thought he's great in that oh yeah, yeah. he's brilliant it was good to see him wasn't it it was just like ah oh, he was in so many things in <clears throat> in the 90s like early 2000s i remember being, i remember him being in strange days which is a fucking wicked film really really good film but yeah it's always great to see him fucking chewing the scenery alien resurrection as well yeah yeah. Fucking yeah. So that was good to see him. And obviously we get Brandon Lee, the late great Brandon Lee. Obviously we'll talk about probably that more a bit later and stuff. Uh, the the sort of I guess that makes this film more synonymous than most. I yeah, it's that that whole thing. With it. I mean, I I when I was a kid, I bought the tape cassette soundtrack because I used to do my paper round and listen to it. And I literally wore that tape out, like turned it over, played the other side, wore it out. I had the poster on my wall, like the proper cinema poster on my wall. Loved it so much. And I think there's a certain eeriness to this film that everybody chatted about it at school and stuff or, you know, and, and said, oh, yeah, that's the one where the guy got killed on set and stuff like that. And I think it just adds that little more of kind of like, I don't know like I don't know for me it felt like it really like it, when you're watching it it's more of a connection when you watch it because you know he's dead in real life yeah because I mean he never got to see that film no right? it's sad and, and and stuff it really is but but it, it, that's what you that's you hit the nail isn't it? it's sad it's sadness it, the film yeah. is sadness yeah and, and then you, you get fulfillment out of the film but then when you realise at the end you're like oh fuck he did die on the set, you know. Yeah. Mm, weird. Really, really weird. And there's always what we're, you know, well, where he did, where he, you can. There was like, oh, you can definitely see it. And I think, no, you can't. They cut the fucking scenes out. <laughs> they didn't. Yeah. They didn't show that. And there was not. Um. So it was. It's nuts. But some of the fucking, like you said, the chewing the scenery. There was a lot of that through the um guys like the gang. Skank was probably one of my favorites. Fire it up. Fire, Fire it up. up. Fire it up. What yeah. and, and what the fuck? I never know, and this is still don't know. Why were they down in bullets? <laughs> <They're> <laughs> what the fuck? 
because it was probably in a because again that felt like a comic book um <laughs> you know what do you call it single shot or panel. you know a panel, panel. Yeah. yeah comic book panel you know where they're all just sat around probably and just like boom it yeah just, maybe it's I've nuts. never read the graphic novel you know no I, I haven't either it's cooking I've never it's just... really pursued it because they're bonkers mate they are the worst <laughs> of the worst um <laughs> the whole city's fucking horrible because once a year which is called devil's night which is the day before halloween right yeah yeah they just go around and they just burn the fuck out of the whole city what does this game <laughs> 134 fires and then like yeah he goes on to describe it doesn't he to the top uh michael win i can't remember his name now he's like top yeah uh, whatever top dollar dollar. um who's in love with his sister maybe it's his sister not really sure um but he's like (laughs) yeah we i just want he just wants to see things burn and he's an anarchist yeah there's no financial gain that he wants out of it i I, I couldn't see anything about show them that we can we can yeah burn the fucking city down <laughs> why yeah <laughs> yeah you got no infrastructure left to collect anything you know but there you go that's the that's the sense sense sensicalness of it all, i suppose but yeah he was fucking a character though when he old um top dollar you know some of his lines car car bang bang you're dead and you know that those sort of things <laughs> was it his sister or like so. stepsister there was definitely a sister vibe like that they mentioned and stuff like that. There was some weirdness between them. But she's got a fucking... She's chewed the scenery and all. At one stage, her line was like, I like to see the pretty lights. And they all laugh at her and stuff. And she's like, oh, shit, what did I say? She's got a thing about eyes. She's got a thing about eyes. Yeah, the fucking gross. I, I don't know, but I think that in the comic, the character Top Dollar might have been an Asian character. I don't know where they changed last minute. I don't know. Don't know. I'd have to check the. Okay. Good. Yeah. Google on that one. But yeah. The the one of the obviously the standout scenes is that when they're all around the table, and he's coming for Skank, and there's way too many bullets (laughs) that fly at fire at him, um, and it goes on for fucking ages, and he's just dodging and killing them all, and you know flipping because he was a martial artist yeah that's right well. yeah. so he's using all that very actually very cool lots of fucking cool guns and shooting and samurai swords and all sorts of cool shit going on it was just it was great and it still stood up to today mm. even if it's like completely unbelievable that he didn't you know that he is but he is undead he got hurt but he still was able just to go through every single one of the bad guys <laughs> yeah it's it's a crazy crazy scene because I think that might have been the scene where he did actually get shot. Right. So if we're talking about that, I've I thought it was always the church at the in the church scene at the end. But my partner looked up and she said it was in one of the flashbacks. So it was in the scene where she gets raped, and that's where he that's where he gets shot. That's why oh, really? I, I did why not know goes. that. I thought it was in the the firing shots at the end. I thought you'd have had this in your in your Matt's facts. Well, I have, I have got, I've got who did it. Right. Okay. Facts. Yeah, I've got Apparently. What, where, but okay, well, maybe it's one of the things that's like makes it a bit mysterious and stuff like that. It's like where did it happen? It's not important, really. It did happen, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, they fin they finished most of the last couple of scenes with 
uh, facial kind of uh, CGI because it was just on the cusp of when it was like yeah getting big. So they finished a couple of bits off with facial CGI, but this isn't in my mouth's facts. But apparently, to finish some of the stunts at the end, it was um, Chad Stahowski the, the, of, of uh, John Wick fame. Yeah, John Wick. Yeah, the director John Wick. Before he was that, he was a stuntman. He's always been yeah. a stuntman which I could not find anywhere on on the on the many places on the internet. So I don't know if it's 100% true or not. Okay. But yeah, I, I just, this movie's just great. And the end and scene and like the, you know, the bits with the, the, the crow, the crow pecking out the eyes and like the... Do you know one thing so I forgot? Much, so much rain. Just so yeah, much. So much wet and miserable weather. The one thing I did notice is that I completely forgot about and maybe it just didn't hit with me when I was younger was now was how funny some of the exchanges between um Eric and um I can't remember his name is Al Albrecht or whatever his name is Ernie Hudson the copper yeah how they're when they're in his flat and stuff is like and the little bits where you're like why does he always disappear where's he gone he always does that it's like it's just like the little one-liners and Apparently, like in that scene in the um, flat, of some of that, quite a lot of that was ad lib between them, which was quite interesting. But you're right though with the one. You're right. I'll write with the one-liners and stuff like that. Um, they, that's that's the comic bookness of it all, definitely. Um, and you know, nods to the '80s and stuff like that for those cheese on toast moments. I think, and it works so well in this movie, and it, that's why it just sits and stands alone. Um, I thought it's fucking brilliant, and it really did. You know, still got that 90s. It's just they shot movies in the 90s in a certain way, didn't they? They had yeah. this. It's sort of almost like you said, it's the beginning of the technology. This And it's just like they, the ones that sort of used it and misused it, you always remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Fascinating look back. And, um, you know, this, this is one of the movies that I've seen over and over again throughout my life. It's just, it's it reminds me of, you know, being that age <laughs> yeah man it needs it needs to be released on a really nice special edition yeah and yeah could they could go and yeah it'd be interesting to see i don't know if i i kind of want to see it polished up and see what happens if they did a 4k that's what i do you know what when i was watching i don't know where you watched it but i i rented it i, I don't have it for some reason and yeah i don't i don't have this on um blu-ray unfortunately i don't know why so i rented it off amazon and the copy i was watching just didn't look very good it's a bit, bit grainy i don't know if it's supposed to be like that but it just looked like it needs to be rendered and sorted out for a nice 4k because i've got it on dvd only yeah so i've got an old you know an old an older version from fucking early 2000s and stuff that i still i sort of you know i bought the vhs so i sort of then upgraded to a dvd <laughs> yeah yeah i used to have a vhs i don't think i still have it yeah so. get that as an nx rental yeah, be the one that i rented <laughs> yeah oh my god um but yeah man so i don't know if it what it looked like if it if it needs it cleared up because it's it's that gothic i would like it i just think it look, look good. deserves it it does deserve to see what it would look like and stuff yeah. like that and if with all the alan bolt you know alec baldwin stuff going on at the moment you know it's, it sort of brings it back full circle right. right? Just, proves that nothing's fucking changed mm. even though when this actually happened it did actually change um the rules a lot of 
using live or you know uh blanks or whatever when 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 using stuff but it obviously hasn't changed that much because it's still happening anyway, yeah very sad get on to some uh, matt's facts please do please do so here we go um although he was not at fault for the death of brandon lee michael massey which is fun boy i think is that right fun boy yep yep um stopped acting for a year because he was so traumatized by the incident his next film was a small role in seven in 1995 funny enough up until his death in 2016 he had never watched the film that's why that leads me to think that it was that's it was in one of the flashbacks and stuff yeah like that. yeah because he was in that scene so it wasn't so he in, must have shot it in reverse kind of thing yeah he must have done must have used those scenes later and stuff mm. like that yeah i mean i looked at this the little girl sarah um and she didn't go on to um act at all so you kind of think that there is definitely some kind of like leftover effects on the people oh, big time moving. yeah big time uh, in his Blu-ray commentary, Alex Pariah said that Brandon Lee was unhappy with the way his face paint looked when the makeup department applied it to him before shooting. Lee and Pariah then agreed that it would look best if Lee applied his own makeup every night before going to bed. So then when he woke up, his face paint would naturally look more worn out, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um Paramount Pictures initially developed and financed this film, but after Brandon Lee's tragic death, which caused production to shut down with an incomplete film, they wrote the project off. Entertainment Media Investment Corporation was created for the purpose of buying the film and completing it using the groundbreaking CGI special effects and body doubles for Lee's scenes. The film would return to Paramount's hands in 2020 after the studio bought a minority stake in the Miramax which uh, picked up distribution rights after Paramount left. It's quite interesting. Um, While most of the scenes after Brandon Lee's death were digitally composed, there was, in fact, a mask that had been made directly from a mould of Lee's face. It had been intended for use on stunt doubles if needed. They attempted to create the scenes using the mask. However, the cast and crew were far too unsettled with the prop that it was destroyed and digital means were used to fill in the gaps. Fucking okay, hell. <laughs> I know, a bit rough, isn't it? According to Empire Magazine, cocaine abuse was rampant on set, with cameramen shooting whilst high, crew going into the toilets to snort between shots, and people cutting around. One crew member recalls hearing the sound of a sneeze on set one day, and an annoyed Brandon Lee quipping said, Someone just lost $50. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me because that massive tray of coke yeah it's probably real and he probably did that for real i wouldn't doubt for a second <laughs> um even though the movie was based on the comic it's called the crow none of the birds used in the film are actually crows all of them were in fact ravens which are much larger than crows and have a longer more expressive beak Linda Lee Cadwell, the widow of Bruce Lee and mother of Brandon Lee, filed negligence case against producer Edward R. Pressman, actor Michael Massey and 12 other defendants over the death of her son on set. She settled out of court to the tune of three million dollars. See, I'm hoping that they, you know, she did that because she wanted to change things. And I hopefully she did. that. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Um, River Phoenix and Christian Slater turned down the role of Eric Draven. 
Can you imagine? River Phoenix and who? Christian Slater. Fucking okay. But what I'm saying is they escaped death. Yeah, I know. That's a weird How one. How weird would that been after? Well, R- River Phoenix, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Um, during couple, the boardroom, sorry, Karen. Couple of couple of sequels. I'm not finished yet. All right, sorry. How dare you? During the <laughs> during the boardroom shootout, Brandon Lee rolls onto his back to kick a shooter through the window before kicking it back up to his feet in one movement. This similar move, one that was performed in Enter the Dragon in 1973, performed by Brandon Brandon Lee's father, Bruce Lee, which was also in his last film before his untimely death, which is a bit weird. And the body count, dare I say it, is 31. Um, crazy, oh. mate. Absolutely crazy. Sad you know, what you were really? saying about Sarah, yeah. uh, the actor... And yeah, after the death of Brandon Lee on the set of The Crow, she had to return to the set in order to film the scene in which Eric Draven says, Sarah, I do care, with a body double in the character of Draven, but did not appear in another film until 2009. And even then, she hasn't got any other movies really to her name. Oh, crazy stuff. What a film. What a film to leave on. And it's really sad. A massive loss. I had all Brandon Lee's films on VHS, believe it or not. But what are they? Do you, want, do you want me to go for them? Yeah, I'd love that, actually. Okay. Oh. Give me two seconds. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. But it was all that era of all that kind of kung fu... You'll, rem- you'll definitely remember some of these. You'll definitely remember Showdown in Little Tokyo, <laughs> one particular yeah. scene in general. Um, but yeah, Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire, bloody hell. You, would have, you must have seen that. Uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo, O'Hara, Crime Killer. Uh, not many others, really. <laughs> Fair enough. He hadn't done a lot, but he, he was on for a big career, I think, which is a shame. Yeah, I just think after this, I think he would have exploded big time. Totally. Because it's a bit more of a serious role and he got to show a bit more of his what he can do. And it's really good that it, didn't, it could have easily been turned into a, like a kung fu movie-ish with his name and stuff, but it didn't go there. They made it like an action kind of revenge film. And I loved it, mate. I've, I loved it. I always love it. I'll always get people, I'll, watch, I'll get my kids to watch it one day. Just brilliant. Soundtrack brilliant. Yeah. Can, everything's brilliant. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Jordy Paul said. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> aye, aye. There you go. Aye, aye, aye. Enough, the Crow, 10 out of 10. It just means a lot. Yeah, one of the reasons why we're even doing this podcast today. So, had to be. Yeah. One of the reasons, yeah. Right okay. then. I'll, you know, shake that one off and then move on to something stupid, shall we? And let's do something stupid. Let's do something dumb. Hang on. Because um, it's my pick. <laughs> okay, go on and hit it. Go on, Butch, hit it to me. Alligator, nineteen eighty, Alligator. Is Where have I watched this? It's on Shudder. Oh, good. <laughs> it's on Great. Shudder. Otherwise, I wouldn't have picked it. I wouldn't have made you go and look for this one. <laughs> but it's on Shudder. It's accessible. So fucking do it. We have you ever seen this movie? 
no, but I've seen scenes out of it because of certain things. But we will send that text to Jory Paul and he's going to voice note us his reaction. Bloody can't wait. <laughs> right up his street. Wow, what a fucking interesting episode. Minus the Geordie. Um, we still got through it like the old school. Um, thanks everyone for listening to another Draw and Last Breath episode. Um, I'll be recovering from my stag do when this comes out. If you live. Um, but moving on to our next episode, 132. I mean, I can't think of anything at the moment in terms of anything past this weekend. So we're just, we're find a, a movie, we'll review it, do something to scream about, and we will look and watch the alligator or alligator, sorry, the 1980 movie. Um, and there's only one more thing to say. I hope I'm still in the next episode. Uh, when there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. <laughs>